Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest all the way from Ecuador, Sprite Loriano. Sprite, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. I'm super excited to be here with you. Yeah, it's great to have you. And I want to kind of give everybody a backstory on you because it's an amazing backstory. So Sprite Loriano is an award-winning entrepreneur and is trained as an emotional trauma and personal empowerment therapist. Now, following her purpose of service, she actually launched an internet fundraising campaign in 2006 that was called Feed 333, which fed 1.2 million children in the United States. The following year, she partnered with Feed the Children, Salvation Army, and the NBA Players Association to launch the three largest multi-city food distributions in U.S. history. Sprite went on to co-found a multi-million dollar direct sales company, which brought together over 6,000 social entrepreneurs, and they provided over 1.8 million in humanitarian aid in several countries. Now, for nearly a decade, as an international speaker and transformational leader, she's been crafting a unique form of contribution travel that over 1,200 participants have experienced in 10 countries. And it's actually uplifted hundreds of thousands of families and educators with clean water, education, and empowerment. Her current project is called Changemaker, a web TV series that follows over a hundred social entrepreneurs across five countries as they stretch the boundaries of human potential to positively transform the world. Sprite, as I mentioned earlier, now lives in Ecuador. So Sprite, do me a favor, amazing things you've been up to. Let me know if we missed anything, first of all, so if we need to fill anything in. But secondly, would you give us a glimpse of how you kind of got started doing the incredible work you're doing now? Yeah, uh, I would say, so how I got started really was, you know, it was really from a space of a huge transition in my life. And uh, sometimes when, you know, sometimes when we go through what um, we perceive as big failures, those become the biggest opportunities. And that's for sure what happened to me because uh, when I was 31, I uh, went through what some people call the dark night of the soul and uh, that moment when it happens, when you like, when everything was going great and then everything stopped. So for me, it was losing my business, losing my home, getting divorced, being diagnosed with um, a quote unquote uncurable disease. At the time, it was like every area of my life fell apart. And um, and from that um, that death of one you know aspect of me, um, the, a new aspect of me was able to be born, and that was recognizing 
that I not only had really incredible healing gifts, um, but that I uh, discovered what I call my purpose to service. And that happened from, you know, having a hugely successful company to becoming a waitress um, and like literally just starting over and discovering this greater part of me that um, was reconnecting back to spirit, was reconnecting back to um, my creativity and um, parts of me that I had denied and let go of in order to build a successful empire. (laughs) Um, So that was really, you know, I think the the start for me. Um, And, you know, I know that it's an important space in people's lives to um, create space for exploration. And my space was forced upon me. And hopefully, you know, it doesn't have to be forced upon uh, people more and more. I think especially with millennials, we're seeing them actively going after um, uh, opportunities and careers that allow them to express all of themselves. So um, that's kind of where it started for me. So that was back in, you know, early, uh, early 2000s. And um, from that space of creativity and diving into art and my personal development, spiritual development, becoming an emotional trauma therapist, working with people in healing environments, uh, I just began expanding this love of service. And um, yeah, <laughs> started. That's where it started. Nice. So, I'm I'm guessing, Sprite. One of the things that's going through our listeners' heads is, how do you go from being a waitress to leading a nationwide campaign to solve hunger? It seems like a big step. Yeah, and there was actually a few steps in between there, and um, I had I had uh, become an emotional trauma therapist uh, after two years of waitressing, discovered uh, through, you know, kind of a windy road, I had this incredible gift for healing, got certified in a particular modality called Shen, started a practice, um, did that for six years, and um, and then I I felt ready to get back into um, a space of uh, business like I had previously, and um, I my partner and I decided to get into direct selling, and we became financially free within a year, um, and or a year and a half. And what ended up happening from that was I was now in a space where I was using my gifts. I was coaching individuals, um, spiritual coaching, life coaching. Uh, I had written my book. Uh, I was, you know, I had, you know, my home and all of these wonderful things, but I was feeling unfulfilled. (laughs) And so... 
I was kind of at that new stage in my life now, kind of like the next, what's next? You know, my book just came out and it's like, okay, what's next? And that's exactly when The Secret came out. And so um, I was watching The Secret, I remember for the third time, and I was halfway through Jack Canfield's story of when he went from 10,000 to 100,000 in a year. And I felt that spark of inspiration that I hadn't felt, um, uh, you know, for probably like about six months. And I turned it off, turned the secret off. And I wrote down in my journal, I'm going to create $30,000 in 30 days. Don't know why, but that's just what came through me. And I started visualizing that. And the second day I visualized it, what that would feel like to do that, I heard a voice. And that voice said, that's not a big enough game for you. So I crossed it off and I wrote 300,000 in 30 days. And that felt really good, although very scary. And I started visualizing that. And the next day I came back to my visualizations and I heard that voice again. And it said, that's not a big enough game for you. And this time I was terrified to scratch off 300,000, but I did. And I wrote 3 million in 33 days. And as soon as I saw 333, I knew from my spiritual studies that that was the number of ascended masters and angels. And I instantly had this warm feeling come over me. And I knew that this wasn't about me, that this was about something much bigger than me that was wanting to birth through me. And even though that felt really scary, it felt really exciting. And I saw images of children's faces that I had been donating to, um, uh, you know, orphan children and, and people, children that needed food. And, and I immediately knew that that was about feeding 3 million children in 33 days. So I had never done anything like that before, didn't know the first thing about fundraising, uh, but I just started sharing my story and with my, my friends. And one by one, they all started saying, yes, yes, we want to help you. We're inspired by this vision. Within two weeks, I had um, my friend Tess Cacciatore, who had a nonprofit, who said we can run a cam campaign through my nonprofit. I had um, another friend, Robert Evans, who creates amazing technology, and he said well, we can build a viral technology. So at a time when before Facebook and all of that stuff was available, we launched a viral marketing campaign that had never been done before. We invited Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen and all the people from The Secret um, to be a part of this campaign. And in 33 days, we raised uh, $300,000 and fed 1.2 million children. So it was uh, it was completely... As you asked me, you know, how do I go from this to this? How I how I did was by listening and by taking action and staying in faith. <laughs> and um, that's how I did it. Nice. Nice. So it, it, it makes me think of something here, Sprite, which is one of the things I like to ask our guests is, is what's your favorite kind of guiding principle or maybe it's a quote or a mantra, something that's your touchstone that helps you stay really on the right track regarding partnership. When you feel like you're kind of getting off in the weeds, this is what brings you back. And obviously you've partnered with, you know, major corporations and organizations and governments. 
What's that kind of guiding light for you? What, what is it that keeps you on track when it comes to partnership? Very interesting question. Um, I don't know that I have a particular mantra or something like that, actually. I would say that what keeps me on track really is my relationship to what I call my angels. And specifically, I'm just going to say out loud to all of your viewers, <laughs> um, because I love talking about my relationship with Archangel Michael. Like, to me, um, that relationship is what constantly guides me and pulls me, pulls me back um, when I'm feeling lost. And um, it is... Uh, relationship I, I developed when I was really little, but I've had uh, many opportunities over the years of, of seeing real-life miracles happen when I have called upon um, the support of Archangel Michael. So um, that's, yeah, that's what it would be for me. And, um, uh, and I love, you know, your your theme around partnership is is so important because uh, for those listeners out there who understand astrology, <laughs> I'm a double Capricorn, uh, which means that I'm super super driven, and I'm you know like Capricorns think they're like they're bred to be like the executive directors of the world, right? And um, and I'm a double, which is a blessing and a curse, and um, so I have this this drive, but it it drives me to create on my own. And I know that a lot of your listeners experience that as entrepreneurs, um, that we can get in that space of uh, feeling like we need to do this all alone. And um, and again, what what pulls me back to expanding out to pull in the brilliance and the beauty and the co-creation of others through everything that I do is is really this listening um, this listening that I've been able to greatly um, receive have in my life uh, to spirit um, and to angels that because the the angel realm is co-creative <laughs> they're um, and that's really our true nature is, is co-creative. I, I hope I'm not going off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I love the way you went around with that because you're, you're, you're so right. I mean, here, here's the part that, that made me laugh is when you were talking about, you know, doing things on your own. That's actually the genesis for this whole show was I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Illinois on a small farm. And part of farm life is kind of this self-sufficient, I can do it all myself. And a lot of it's because you have to. You know, if something breaks out in the middle of a field, there's nobody there to help you. you got to figure it out. So it's kind of a badge of honor. And I realized I had spent my entire life doing everything on my own and missing out on what I call the power of partnership and so when I started this show, that was part of the reason I did it as an interview show was it was going to require me to partner with people to have somebody to talk to on the show. So it was forcing me to get out of that comfort zone 
that I call it the comfort zone. It was more of the familiar zone. It wasn't that comfortable because it was a heck of a lot of work to have to do everything by yourself. And I remember the first time I recognized that for years, I'd moved around quite a bit uh, in Illinois where I lived. And every time I moved, I would move myself. I would just like load everything up and take care of it. And it would take all day. And I never even thought of asking somebody to help me move, even though I had helped countless people move their homes. And so one day my buddies are like, well, why don't we give you a hand with that? And we moved my entire house in like a morning. And I was like, that was so easy. Why did I always do it by myself? So mm -hmm. I, I love what you're saying about that. And obviously when you're doing something that's way beyond your comprehension, uh, I have no idea how I do this. I've never done a, a drive like this. I've never fundraised. I've never done whatever. Chances are it's going to be a whole lot easier if you tap into the people that do have those skill sets, that do have that support system so that you don't have to try and figure it out from scratch. So great, great example. And I, I like that phrase you said about expanding out so you can pull in the support. Mm, right. Thank you. Yeah. I love it. You're a Midwest boy. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you <laughs> from the Midwest? Originally as well. So nice. I totally relate to that. And, um, you know, the other thing that you mentioned when you said about moving, I here's an important distinction for me. I'll just share in a very vulnerable way is that uh, I'm pretty good at pulling people in around me uh, now with my work. And um, I feel like I've really, I've learned that and uh, won't say I've mastered that because I'm still learning how uh, actually best to really create team and I'm always up-leveling you know, myself in that area. But I will say in a personal, on a personal note, it's been really hard for me uh, and continues to be hard for me to ask for uh, the, you know, like that, that support and pulling team in for me personally. Um, your example in moving, mm -hmm. you know, I have moved myself I can't even tell you how many times, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, five or six times. And literally the last time I moved to Africa and I sold almost everything, put whatever I had left into storage, but literally um, was just moved myself. Like, and finally I asked, you know, a friend across the street if he could help me because I realized I had boxes that I literally couldn't even move with Dolly. They were so heavy. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, isn't this interesting that, you know, it's like I can do this in one area of my life, but not um, for me personally, it's more of a challenge. Um, so I just wanted to share that because I know that, especially women, I, you know, and I'm sure with men too, but I know with women, um, just from the work that I do, this is a conversation we have a lot um, about, you know, how we show up differently in partnership in the work environment versus in our personal environment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And yeah, um, it's so funny where we, you know, kind of turn off the tap and you gave a great example, right? You're like, oh, my work, I'm, I'm totally good with that. But when it comes to me, no way. <laughs> I'm doing it all myself. 
<laughs> and it's so funny because oftentimes we have that skill set in another part of our life. So it's not like it's foreign to us, but we have something that gets in the way of letting us have it personally. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways we could go with that, but we're not going to. What I want to ask you, Sprite, because we've been talking about different ways that it, it's worked well for you. I'm wondering if you would share with us a, a brief story of kind of a time when you tripped up in a partnership. So, you know, what was going on and what did you trip on and, and what did you end up learning from that experience that has helped you move forward? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll share with you my, my most vulnerable story is when I uh, lost my company. So when I was uh, 31 and, and it was, you know, I grew up, um, my, my, my mom uh, raised six of us by herself. We grew up really pretty poor and um, she did an amazing job as I got older to give us, you know, a, a great, great life. But I was really committed uh, very early on to having money and, you know, just not experiencing the lack that I did when I was growing up. So because of that, I my early years in business were really driven around that idea. And, um, and when I got into uh, my, the, the company that I ended up losing, uh, which was a closeout liquidations company, I went from uh, an award-winning publishing company, which I was really, really proud of, um, and the work that we did and um, the people that I worked with to following this really like easy path for great amounts of money. And um, like my smallest invoice was $50,000 at the time and just rolling in lots of money and jet setting everywhere I wanted to and um, when I wanted to. And if you guys remember the song from The Wizard of Oz um, that says, we get up at noon and get to work by one, take an hour for lunch, and then by two we're done. Jolly good fun. That was, that was, actually, that was actually my theme song. <laughs> um, and so we made, my partner and I made lots of money, and we were very irresponsible uh, with that money, with our time, we, you know, we were really in the party mode. And so we ended up doing our business with mostly just a couple of individuals. And when one of those individuals went bankrupt, um, you know, we were, we hadn't planned for the rainy day. And, uh, and at that same time, his, parents went through, both of his parents went through cancer. They were dying of cancer. So he just kind of left from the business and um, it was, it was not, it was not good. And so, you know, I have to take responsibility for that because um, that was me not paying attention. That was me uh, being out of integrity. Uh, that was me being, um, uh, caught up in um, allowing, you know, my my child self to run my life, 
And, you know, I'm not proud of any of that. Um, and, uh, you know, and in partnership, it made me really afraid to uh, get into a partnership again. And, um, you know, but I also learned, you asked me what I learned. So what I learned, um, and I didn't learn it right away. I, I unfortunately was a slow learner around this was um, that I needed to take uh, responsibility for uh, my own uh, creation and finances. I couldn't just rely on a partner to do that. And unfortunately, that's been a lesson that I've learned over and over. I'd love to say that it was a one-shot deal. (laughs) And I got my lesson. Um, I do have... I do have things in my life that I could tell you stories that I could tell you where I got that lesson in the first shot. That's not one of them. Um, and again, I share this because because of you know I, I do work typically mostly with women, um, and and I I hear you know the same story with a lot of women, and I think part of that you know too like comes from just even uh, our society like. Uh, you know, women are not, uh, we're, we're not, you know, bred to be, you know, the, the ones that are good at math, the ones that are good at, you know, finances, et cetera. Um, that's why I love, uh, you know, organizations like Women's Prosperity Network, um, Trish Cart uh, down in Florida is the CEO of that. And she does such an amazing job working with women around um, finances and, and in business. So what I learned was to, um, one, uh, to be willing to recognize my faults and my weaknesses, um, to bring people around me that are really good where I'm not. Like, for example, my current business, I have a rock-solid, amazing CFO, and she was actually, you know, the first person that I needed in my business. And before anybody else, before anything else, um, in moving forward with this new company, she was the first one I brought in. And um, so those are just, you know, some of the things that I learned. Um, And that I personally need to pay attention as well. I can't just rely on other people to do it. Um, when When we're in partnership, it doesn't mean, you know, oh, you know, I'm just giving this away to somebody. We still have to be involved. And um, so I have learned that lesson, knock on wood. <laughs> nice. Well, and, and a couple of things that, that really stood out for me there, Sprite. One was the fact that you said, you know, it made you, this, this experience made you hesitant to partner again. Mm-hmm. And... I think everybody listening has experienced that in some place in their life, whether it was business or personally or trusting a friend or whatever it happens to be. But also the fact that, you know, you were very honest with us that it wasn't a one-time deal. You you went down that path again and you had to learn this, quote unquote, the hard way. And mm-hmm. the, the reason that, that stood out so much is that you kept trying. You didn't just go, well, no, I screwed up once. I'll never do this again. 
and mm -hmm. lock yourself out of those possibilities of life, which so many of us do because we're either embarrassed by it or we're so hurt by it or whatever. And we get ourselves bottled up where we're like, no, nah, I'm never going there again. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we just cut off a whole piece of our life. And then we do it in another area and then we do it in another area and then we wonder why we feel so confined. And it's because we've given up on those possibilities simply because of one experience that didn't go perfectly. And I, I always mm -hmm. use this analogy of, you know, if you think about when a child learns to walk, by no measure would we consider what we go crazy about and go, oh my gosh, they took their first step. By any other standard, that isn't even a step. They staggered forward, maybe, and they fell down. Typically, we would beat ourselves up. That was horrible. That was terrible. But we give them all this permission for that's progress. But then we get older, mm -hmm. and if we stumble even a little bit, we're like, you're an idiot. Why can't you know better? And we shut ourselves down. So think if we applied that approach to us learning to walk. Pretty much the human race would still be crawling because we wouldn't show shamed by our first attempt at walking that we would never have tried again. Mm -hmm. And so it's so powerful that you example. shared that you went through this again and again, and it wasn't like you're not proud of it, but it's what it took. And you were aware that there was so much you would be leaving behind if you didn't keep giving it another shot. I love your example, Ken, about learning to walk. And I always talk about, you know, the Edison story that many of us have heard too. What, you know, it took him thousands of, of times to get the light bulb right, and he kept going. Um, I know when I launched my first campaign back in 2006, I had a quote on our website that is funny because years later I found I'm quoted like all over the internet now. But my quote for that campaign was every great story on the planet happened because someone decided not to give up but kept going no matter what and the truth is that that is that is who I am um it's it's I guess if I have a motto it's that's been the one that I've continued to follow that uh you know if I don't get it right <laughs> I can't let not getting it right stop me, and I can't let shame and embarrassment stop me. And um, and it's you know it's not been easy, but at the same time I think it's also been great that I've that I had the training early in my career um, around uh, you know emotional trauma therapy work that I've done for myself and for others um, as a therapist for five years because it helped me really recognize how to deal with my own shame uh, and to not allow it to stop me. That the truth is, you know, especially as leaders, I and it's one of the reasons I'm super excited about the project that I'm doing now, which I know we'll talk about, um, which is the Changemaker um, TV series and Mastermind Project because it's really important to me. Part of my purpose, I believe, now on the planet is working with leaders uh, and change makers and uh, being able to support us as leaders, being authentic, being real. Like this idea that, you know, to be a leader means, you know, you're just successful. <laughs> um, or like there's this image 
you know, leaders have or and transformational leaders have, like that they're, you know, just uh, they're doing wonderful work. And uh, sometimes people feel like they can't really relate to them. Um, and the truth is that we're all human. And being human, like what you said, you know, learning to walk. Everything we're doing new is our new opportunity to learn to walk. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're going to fall. And it might just be once or it might be a thousand times, uh, just depending on our own path, our own spiritual path, our own what it is that we need as spiritual beings to evolve to the next level. And we get to use this incredible, delicious playground full of ups and downs for that journey. Um you know, so I think it's an exciting journey, but man, sometimes, you know, it hurts. It sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> too. And like, let's be real about that, that it does. And, um, and it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Sprite, I, want to, I want to ask you if you would kind of provide for our listeners some, some, what I would consider like some really simple takeaways that they can have. And one I I always ask my guests is what do you feel is like the best partnership or relationship advice that you have ever received? What's coming to me right now is, is just, uh, I don't even know, you know, you, you say what that I've received and I don't even know where I've received it from. It might be receiving from my spiritual guides or it might be from somebody else. I don't know. Um, but what's coming to me is, um, is honesty and, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's cause I know for me in my, my personal experience with, um, you know, my, my relationship with my man, my relationship with, um, my team, it is creating that space for honesty, no matter what that is. Um, knowing that there's a space just to be honest in the moment. What's important about that is that recognizing again, that we're human beings, human beings are full of feelings. We're full of thoughts those thoughts and feelings service in the moment some of them don't they're remnants from you know uh previous experiences in our life and so just to know that in partnership you have space to in the moment be honest and 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 through that honesty that doesn't mean you know just putting something out into a space um, that maybe doesn't serve somebody else because you're feeling triggered or whatever and then leaving it there. Um, it's also about taking ownership of our own feelings and thoughts. But I think that it's really important to have a space in relationship where we can be real and um, share what's happening in the moment for us, good, bad, everything. Um, and 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 if it is something that you know we're needing to work through that you know we do take ownership of it at the same time so maybe it's not just one thing maybe it's two it's honor, honesty and ownership very nice i like that 
So let me ask you this then, Sprite. What, maybe it's a book or a different kind of resource, what's the one thing that if you could only recommend one thing to our listeners about partnership, what would it be? So what's coming to me is creating time and space for your own personal connection to your own inner divine guru and that there are many books and there's many movies and there's many you know resources out there which are wonderful and they all create openings and possibilities for deeper awareness and that ultimately your greatest guru is inside of you your greatest uh, guide is inside of you and uh, and in order to access that knowing that wisdom requires stillness and silence and uh, connection to nature so you know there's a there is a in system in our universe that guides us and um we have to be able on this human journey to quiet the noise and the distractions that are all fabulous. They're all fabulous. It's part of the human and drama. And we have to be able to quiet them to connect to that inner guidance. Um, so I think that would be my that would be my answer. I like it. I like it. That's awesome. And you're right. I mean, we all have there like you said there's countless books and movies and all kinds of things and it's finding the one that speaks to you so that you can have that connection and you can reconnect with the divine. Well, Sprite, exactly. As it turns out, we're running short of time. And I can tell we, you know, we could go on for a long time. We just got started. There's so much here. Would you do us a favor? Would you let our listeners know how they can contact you and how they can learn more about what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they can either contact me through uh, my email, which is sprite, S-P-R-Y-T-E, at LegacyLifeProductions. Uh, and uh, any change makers out there in the world who are really looking to up level what they're doing and being able to get exposure for their work and mastermind and connect powerfully with other change leaders, uh, they can check out what I'm doing with my new project at changemakerseries.com and uh, get in touch with me that way as well. Awesome. Very, very cool. Well, Sprite, we 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 got through the, the challenges of technology and we got here. We did what we needed to do so we could have this conversation. And it's been great. I, I love the stories you've shared and, and how open and vulnerable you've been. That's really, really hugely appreciated. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You're welcome, Ken. Thank you for inviting me and having me. And thank you to all of your listeners who, who are, um, you know, focused on making the world and their lives a better place. 
by listening to your show. I love what you're committed to sharing and creating a platform for that. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.